Dynasty Blueprint with Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined again, as always, by Matt Williamson. Matt, how are you doing? I am fantastic. You gave me some crazy news about our last episode of this wonderful podcast, and it's growing like crazy, I guess. I mean, what's going on with that? Dynasty Blueprint's taking over. I love it. I love it. Our our episode last week with Matt Caraccio set a new record for us as far as uh, listeners or downloads. So we definitely appreciate the support. It's obvious that everybody out there is is eager for some uh, 2017 rookie talk. Like I said last week, we'll be continuing that all off season. You know, we got news just this afternoon that Nick Chubb is going back to school. That was a surprise. That that class takes a hit already. But you know, that had to be expected. I thought maybe it was would be McCaffrey that would go back. Uh, but you know, instead it's Chubb, and and we'll probably see a couple more who choose to go back to school as well. So that's you know that's part of it, and uh, I still love love the depth of that class. But hopefully, we have a lot of new listeners, you know, that just tuned tuned in last episode, and this will be their second one to listen to to us. So welcome. I hope so because we have a, another great guest today. We've got Brian Malone. He's a writer over at DLF with me. Also does some work for RotoViz, and uh, you know, just one of the smartest guys that I've come across in this industry. I got a chance to meet Brian this summer in, in Chicago. We actually got together and did a live draft and um, just just a great guy. We teamed up, Matt. We teamed up for this this dynasty team. And oh, okay. Brian's been carrying us all year long. Uh, no surprise. <laughs> no surprise there. He shot me a message and said, what do you think about these? You know, here, here's the lineup I put in. What do you think? And I suggested some changes brian rolled with it because he he's such a good guy and those those changes were terrible i i benched darren sproles he had a pretty good game and um i don't even know brian i don't want to think about it but anyway brian welcome to the show how are you doing hey thanks for having me guys hopefully i don't drive away too many of the new listeners (laughs) no no i don't think so we got a couple of different things we're going to talk about today, but I know first Brian had some thoughts on a topic that we've talked about a little bit lately, and it's been a hot topic in the Dynasty community, trade deadlines. Brian, this is something, I don't know if you listen, but this is something a couple weeks ago that we talked about here briefly. I, I'm kind of on the fence. I, I use trade deadlines in most of my leagues. You know, I can see merits either way. Uh, and and Matt was firmly against trade deadlines. So where do you stand? And and I know you had some thoughts you wanted to share. Yeah, well, I'm pretty on the fence too, and I, I have heard you guys talk about it. And actually, the the thought I wanted to share is not mine. It's from uh, Ben Kester, who's Dynasty Kester on Twitter, and he was comparing the trade deadline. Well, he was comparing, you know, trading during the playoffs is like a prisoner's dilemma for the the teams that are in the playoffs because. You know, if you think about the two teams in the championship game, together they're both better off not trading and just going with what they have. But each of them individually is better off trying to acquire more players for the current run, even at the cost of their future. And so what the trade deadline does is get rid of that prisoner's dilemma because it it forces everybody to do what's in the mutual best interest of all the playoff teams together. So I don't know which way that cuts because you might want to say, well, in that case, you know, the trade deadline is really benefiting the teams that are already good and we don't want to do that. So let's force them to, you know, have a spending war against each other and make the make the worst teams better off. But it was just a different uh, way to think about the question. I thought it was kind of cool. Hmm. I like it. 
Yeah, that is interesting. And and I do have a couple of leagues that I play in that do not have a trade deadline at all. Uh, in, in one of them, I am still in the playoffs. In one of them, I've been eliminated. And in both of those leagues, I've been trying to make deals. And of course, those those potential deals look very different from each other. In one, I sold Antonio Brown and Greg Olson, and I got in return Julio Jones and Allen Robinson. It is a contract league, so that throws a little bit of a loop in there, I guess. But the other owner that's still in the playoffs, obviously he wants Brown over Julio. Those two guys are closely valued, but Brown's the guy that that is healthy right now. And, you know, to get that, he potentially gave up some value in the Robinson Olsen part of the swap, but he also needed a tight end. So I really do think that's, that's the type of deal that can make sense for both owners. That sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, uh, I could see both sides of it. I like what you got better. You know, I mean, Alan Robinson's a nice piece for sure, uh, but that makes sense why both would be interested in doing that. We're going to move on now. And this is, this will be our main topic of the night. We're going to talk about some breakout players and, and Matt, this was actually a suggestion from one of our listeners uh, who submitted this on Twitter. And I, I searched and searched today for his name and could not could not find that. So <laughs> shout out to whoever did that. And uh, sorry, we can't put a name to that. But th- it's a great idea. We're going to talk about breakout players. Are they legit? Do they have long-term value? Or is, or is this going to be more of a, a one-hit wonder, a one-and-done, whatever you want to call it? So we've got several guys here who are all far and away outperforming the expectations that were were placed upon them uh, last offseason and in the preseason. And some of these guys were not on the radar at all. Uh, we're going to start at the quarterback position, go all the way down. We're looking at players who are in the top 12 of scoring, either at the quarterback position or tight end, or the top 30 running backs or wide receivers. So at quarterback, we only had really one player that fits that description. It's Dak Prescott, of course, the rookie quarterback for the Cowboys. He's currently the quarterback seven in fantasy scoring. His latest ADP has him just outside the top 100. His ADP is 102, uh, which places him as the quarterback eight overall in dynasty leagues. Um, And, you know, we all know the story with, with Prescott and with that situation there, the injury to Romo. And, uh, you know, now now the comeback for Romo, he's remained on the sidelines. But even this week, I think Jerry Jones kind of opened the door just a little bit for us to see Romo on the field. And, and Prescott has had, uh, well, at least one bad game this past week against the Giants. Again, the question really with all these guys is, are they legit? Do they have long-term dynasty value? Are, are these players we should be investing in? And we'll start with Dak Prescott. And, and Brian, what do you think about Prescott? So, yes, he has long-term value. But I think, I think he's in the perfect situation. So he's going to have to improve as a player to score any better, right? Because he's got you know, a healthy, very strong offensive line. He's got very good weapons for a rookie quarterback. He has you know, maybe not the best running back, but maybe the best running game in the league that he's playing with. He's in a very comfortable spot for a rookie quarterback. And I think on the whole, dynasty players tend to overvalue any rookie quarterback who's competent. So I'm comfortable, you know, if, if you've got him, great, you love it. But in a startup, I'm taking guys, in a one QB startup at least, I'm taking guys like Matt Ryan over him. I'm taking guys like Drew Brees over him. Because if he's nothing but a low-end QB1 for the next three or four years, 
that's fine, but it's not exciting. I'd rather have one year of high-end QB1 than three years of low-end QB1. And some of those other guys you mentioned are probably going to be a lot cheaper. You know, it's that new toy appeal to Dak that has his value on the rise, potentially, along along with, obviously, his his play on the field. Matt, what are your thoughts on Prescott? Yeah, and I think all these, the way that I'm going to look at them is if I'm the GMs of these teams, and it'll be more so with running backs and wide receivers, you know, what are my team needs this offseason? Am I going to get somebody to directly compete with them? You know, is their situation going to change for the better or worse? And you look at Dallas, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say that Dak is going to be the man there from, you know, the foreseeable future. Um but I tend to think – I mean, I wouldn't pay for him. I mean, I, I think he's probably quarterback 8 to 12 to 15 range next year, and who knows from there. His legs will help him a lot, but I still think they're a run-first team at least for the next year or two. It's so tough to sell quarterbacks in dynasty leagues anyway, you know. True. Because, you know, Brian, like you said, why pay a late first-rounder for Dak when you can – uh, get Rivers or Ben or um, Matt Ryan for a, a mid-second round pick. It just there's little little reason to really pay that higher price for for a guy like Prescott. I, uh, I think you had another good point though too that people get super excited about Mariota, Winston, Carr, Bortles. You know those guys this past off season saying, well, if I get him, I can just start him for the next ten years and be done at this position. I never have to worry about it again. You know it's a the Andrew Luck argument, but so what, you know, I mean, like Ryan said, you can always just have a revolving door there. Give me the old guy at quarterback. And I, I don't see why that's so terrible. And then the last note, just with the Cowboys, I have some concerns that we've seen the best from Des Bryant and Terrence Williams is a free agent and Jason Witten's not long for this world. It might not be crazy talk to think that his weapons are as good as they're going to get for a while. The one thing that maybe gives him some hidden upside is, you know, he was a heck of a rusher in college, but he really hasn't done that much on the ground in the NFL. I don't think he's in the top five uh, as far as rushing yards among quarterbacks. So if, you know, they decide to revamp the game plan next year and and allow him to do some more running or if he just feels more comfortable, you know, that could that could really open up and make him a a high end quarterback one. Yeah, you know, that's similar to what we saw from Mariota last year. Everybody thought he would come in and run quite a bit, and that that didn't happen, um, you know, that didn't happen either. I think um, I was going to check for you. Yeah, Prescott is eighth in quarterback rushing now. He's behind even Aaron Rodgers and Andrew Luck. So, yeah, that's that's kind of a surprise. You know what? Owners don't like when their franchise quarterbacks runs a lot either. You know, Jerry has a lot of power saying, hey, Dak, you know, we don't you don't need to be taking the hits, bud. So let's let's try to narrow down his his value and his rank within those. You know, you mentioned some of those other young quarterbacks, Mariota, Winston, Carr. Are you taking Prescott over any of those three? No, I mean yeah, over Bortles, of course, but not the other ones. Okay, so that that seems like eight is probably the right spot for him. If we have the top four of Newton, Luck, Rogers, Wilson, and then the the Carr, Winston, Mariota group, and then Dak falls in there next. But, well, Brian, you said you would you would even prefer like Matt Ryan over him and guys like that. So he's a little bit lower for you then. Yeah, at least in a one QB league. 
And again, when you factor in the, the ADP and what round you have to take those guys, that, that makes sense. Let's move on to the running back position. We've got another rookie, Jordan Howard. He's the running back 11 uh, in scoring this year, just 22 years old. His December ADP is 37 overall. And actually, it's, it's interesting. The next three guys, all three of the running backs we're going to talk about today, had the same December ADP, all 37. So Howard is the running back nine. Of course, he took over that job when Jeremy Lankford got hurt and never really gave it back. Uh, he's been up and down a little bit, but has certainly been a surprise and a pleasant surprise for those dynasty owners who drafted him in the late second or the third round of rookie drafts. Matt, let's start with you on Jordan Howard. What have you seen? Are you Is he a guy you would be investing in this offseason? Yes. Uh, big fan. Underrated talent. I don't think he's a pedestrian, heavy-footed guy. I think he moves better than you realize. Should get better as a receiver. Certainly will be the goal line guy for the foreseeable future. I think the interior of their offensive line, the two guards are really good, and Whitehair's really come along really well at center. Um, I think he's very much a John Fox type of running back, and assuming Fox keeps his job, which I think would be crazy to fire him, but there has been talk. Um, I think he's definitely the lead guy. And then going back to, you know, just the Bears offseason, yes, it's a really good running back draft, but they need so many other things. They can't use a top, you know, a pick on the first or second day on a running back. Brian, what about you? What are your thoughts on Howard? Yeah, I agree. So I, I like him. I think uh, he's probably properly valued right now. I mean, I think once you get the rookies in, you're probably going to have, I don't know, six or eight of them jump ahead of him. So he'll end up in that late, late fourth because he's in the early fourth now. Yeah, overall ADP is 37, so uh, early fourth. Yeah, so him, him in the late fourth, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with that. You know, if I'm taking a running back there, I wouldn't mind it being Howard. You know, not only is, does he look like the lead back, but I think Langford looks like a, you know, a competent number two guy, so I don't even think they're going to bring in much competition, you know, there. So that's, that's kind of nice. It's nice to have a, a solid number two. So you don't get worried about somebody coming in and outshining him. And I don't think there's any risk of Langford outshining him. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. How, Howard certainly has that job. If his only competition is, is Langford. I don't think, uh, you know, I think we've seen his best days. My answer on Howard would probably be the same as it would be with, with these other guys that we'll talk about. You know, I like him. I agree with a lot of what both of you say. But in the early fourth, I'm probably not taking a running back there. That's that's wide receiver territory for me still. Uh, if I don't get one of the elite guys in the first, then I'm just hammering wide receiver. So I, I like Howard, but if we're talking about a startup draft, he's probably not a guy that would be on my team. Another guy with the, that ADP of 37 is Jay Ajayi, the uh, Miami breakout running back. Uh, a little bit different in that he's not a rookie, uh, but after last year, that disappointing rookie season, I think expectations were way down for him. He's currently the running back 16 in PPR scoring. He's the running back 10 in our Dynasty ADP. Again, all, all packed in there with these, these other two backs. Matt, I know you're a big fan, so I'm going to actually start with Brian on this one. Brian, what do you think about J.J.? Is he a guy you're buying? Is he legit? Yeah, I mean, is he legit? Yeah, probably. He's, you know, he looks like a good runner. I think he's probably, you know, a better running back than Jordan Howard, but I think his situation is a little more uncertain. 
So if I'm stuck there, if I'm in a position where I'm drafting one of these two guys, I'm probably going Howard. You know, the other thing is Howard has gotten a little bit more work as a receiver, I think, too. So, you know, I certainly wouldn't blame anybody for taking him in the fourth round, but that's going to be a big avoid for me. You know, the obvious knock on Ajayi was was this knee injury that pushed him down much later in the draft than anybody thought, and and then subsequently, but much later in rookie drafts than than we expected. Uh, you know, going into that draft weekend a couple of years ago, people were expecting to take him with a top five rookie pick, and then he fell. You know, he fell to the end of the second round in a lot of those rookie drafts. Uh, Matt, again, I know you're a fan of Ajayi. What have you seen lately from him? He's kind of slowing down. He, of course, had those back-to-back 200-yard games, hit the 100-yard mark overall, including his receiving yard a couple times after that. Uh, but as as the Dolphins' offense has slowed overall, of course, Ajayi has slowed as well. What do you? Yeah, think? and I'm hoping that he continues to sort of slow down with Tannehill out, you know, that he'll be the key that you know everyone can be keying on him, as they have been lately, and the line's been banged up. Pounties on IR now because I want to go trade for him after the season. You know, I want to add this guy to my team. I think he's immensely talented. Well, a high-end talent, a top 10 running back talent in terms of agility and power and balance. They did draft Drake last year, who, which I think is a good thing. You know, kind of like we said with Langford, that they probably won't go draft another running back now because they just did that, and he's a different type, and he's not going to cut into a Ajayi or steal his touchdowns. And they have a lot of other needs on defense. So unless their team doctors, which of course we don't know, is telling them things like, hey, this guy's on borrowed time. You better draft a guy while you can. And that's possible. I mean, that's why he was drafted where he was. That, you know, and I just think we have to go on faith that the knee's going to hold up to some degree. So I would like to acquire him this year. So with either Howard or Ajayi, those are guys that uh, you both sound like you like a little bit are you giving a first round pick for those guys in established leagues i'd give i'd give a late first well so right now if i'm you know if no trade deadline league and i'm in the playoffs i would certainly give a late first for howard and and for ajay um come next rookie draft it's tough to say i mean from what i know about this class and like we've talked about i mean i'm probably one tenth of the way there in terms of learning it's going to be a really good running back class, but I think giving up a late first for one of these two is pretty easy decision in favor of yes. Well, let's talk about our final running back. And again, that same ADP, 37 overall, uh, that puts him at running back eight in our dynasty ADP. He's currently the running back 17 in scoring, and that's Spencer Ware, the Kansas City running back. He's, he's another guy that uh, was really hot at the beginning of the year, kind of cooling down a little bit. Uh, Matt, another guy that I know you're a fan of. You must be doing pretty well in your leagues because I know all three of these running backs are, are guys you've liked since the beginning of the season. So hopefully you had some shares. Uh, are you still liking Spencer Ware? Dude, I'm in seven dynasty leagues in a redraft league, and I'm not going to make a cent this year on any of them. So I don't even know why people are listening to me. <laughs> and I do have a bunch of these dudes. But, man, I uh, never mind. I'm grumpy about fantasy in general. I'm a humbug. Anyways, I like Ware a lot. Um, I bought him very cheap in a couple leagues, and I'm very happy about that. I think Charles will probably be playing elsewhere or nowhere if he retires next year. He's expensive. Could they draft a back? Certainly. Their guard position is also a weakness. They could draft a guard very high. That would be great. 
Um, I like the other two better. I mean, I think Ajayi, Howard, Ware would be my pretty clear, you know, count of those three. Um, but yeah, I like them. I would pay less for him than the other two. Uh, Brian, thoughts on Ware in general and uh, like Matt did, kind of in comparison to Ajayi and Howard. Yeah, I think he's in. A, he's clearly in a tier below those two for me. I'm a little surprised his his ADP is so high. Uh, he, you know, he was kind of a guy I scooped up on waivers. He was a Matt Waldman favorite mm-hmm. back in the day, and so when I saw that he was going to sniff some opportunity, I grabbed him up and have been happy with the you know the return on investment. But you know, fourth round for him just seems crazy. That's uh, there's got to be a wide receiver I'm going to like better than him. I mean, yeah, you know, Char- if Charles is gone, they, you know, they've got him and Charkandrick West both on short-term cheap deals. There's very high risk that they're bringing in somebody else in free agency or through the draft. Yeah, I agree. And, and again, like I said, same answer for all of these guys. I, I'm in a new league. I'm, I'm not drafting any of these simply because of their price. I'm, I'm going to wait a little bit for the running backs or, or I'm spending one of those early picks on – uh, on Elliot and, and you know David Johnson maybe I've I've been averse to do that in the past but kind of starting to change my my thinking on that based on what we've seen this year. Ooh, have you changed your thinking on razors yet by chance? You got to go check out Harry's. I've been using them now for two months or so and I am extremely happy with the product. They have a holiday thought starter. The, the guys can be hard to shop for, but Harry's is a perfect gift. My parents asked me, hey, what can I get you for Christmas? Give me something practical like Harry's razors, which are really, really good stuff. I have really sensitive skin, doesn't bother them at all, stays sharp for a long time. They're really well crafted. They have this limited edition shave set that's a great gift in particular. I highly suggest you check that out. If you haven't heard of before, Harry was started by two best friends, Jeff and Andy, and they were fed up with overcharge for razors. So they started their own razor company, give people what they deserve, a great shave at a fair price. This holiday, Harry's is offering a limited edition shave set. You get a a midnight blue chrome razor handle, which you can get engraved with your initials. Three of Harry's German-engineered five-blade cartridge that provide a close, comfortable shave, as I can attest to. Foaming shave gel that smells great. My wife digs it. Beautifully designed gift box. Goes for 30 bucks on harrys.com. They also offer handles and sets starting at 10 bucks if you haven't tried Harry for yourself. But as a special offer, you use our code DYNASTY at checkout, and you save five bucks. So this ground shipping ends on December 16th, uh, so you have to act now. So uh, go to harrys.com, use DYNASTY, and save five bucks right off there. Harrys.com, code DYNASTY. Let's move on now to the wide receivers. Uh, I've identified five wide receivers in the current top 30 of scoring that I think are pretty big surprises Overall, the first one is the wide receiver eight. It's Devontae Adams. Uh, of course, Adams was a guy that dynasty owners had huge, huge high hopes for uh, a couple years ago. He even got into the second round, the top 24 of ADP uh, at one point. And then after last year, of course, the Packers had a ton of injuries and he he could, you know, he just did not come through when he had the chance. So... Uh, I think Adams is a guy that we were probably as a community way too high on and then maybe too quick to give up on. He's the wide receiver eight in scoring. As I said, his ADP is 36. So he's going just before those running backs that we just talked about. 
and he is the wide receiver 23 in our ADP. Adams is a guy I loved. I bought into, uh, again, a couple of years ago when the hype was running wild. And uh, so I, I'm buying in again. Brian, what do you think about Adams? Yeah, I missed out on him both in rookie drafts and uh, in that second year hype range, but I'm, I'm happy to take him at 36. I mean, it's clear the Packers love him. They've been forcing him into the lineup. They've been forcing him targets and he's finally producing. And I think maybe he's just finally healthy because, you know, last year was, was insane and, and he doesn't look like the same player. And I think it's just, you know, he's finally healthy. And if he had done last year, if you flipped these two seasons, I think he'd be valued a lot more highly. I think people were so hyped up on him and, you know, he, he dashed all their hopes and some people are just writing him off. And I think if you flip those two around and if he had some proven production under his belt when he had a dud season, I think it would be a different situation. I think that's a really good point. You know, like I said, he, that, that off season, I guess the off season uh, prior to the 2015 season, as I said, he, he cracked the top 24 at one point, And that was really just based on hope and hype. And, you know, maybe he turns into something great, but if he had had this type of year to follow that up, he'd, he'd easily be a first round startup pick, you know, if not up there with, you know, the Allen Robinsons and those guys who now they're struggling. So that, that goes to support your point that, Robinson really is having kind of that flip season. He had the big year last year and and not so much now. Matt, what do you think about Adams? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, Nelson is also very expensive. Uh, there's a chance he doesn't return or at least restructure or something along those lines. I think Adams is already the number one there. And I think he's an NFL number one receiver. And I don't use that term, you know, loosely. I mean, I think there's probably 18 or 20 of them in the world. And I think he has that kind of skill set. Um, I also think that he's probably a fantasy one going forward. I think he'll lead that team in receptions next year. It would shock me if he didn't. Um, and health has been the whole key, like you guys said. I mean, it, he was not healthy for much of last year, and you can see the difference. Um, the, the other note is you guys mentioned Allen Robinson, and I think Hopkins is in that neighborhood too. Hopkins is a little older than those guys, but I could make the argument that I'd rather have Devontae Adams on my fantasy team than those two. And that's kind of what I wanted to ask next. How high can he climb? He's wide receiver 23 now. You know, can he jump guys like Jarvis Landry, Keenan Allen, Sammy Watkins, uh, Alshon Jeffrey? It seems like he could he could move ahead of all of those guys pretty easily if he, you know, if he finishes off the season like he's been playing lately. W- would you all agree? Not Sammy. I mean, I think I'd take Sammy over everyone you mentioned there. Okay. Brian, I mean, could yeah. you see him moving – Let's say by June or July, could he be moving into that top 15 wide receiver range? Probably not for me. Um, you know, I think I think he's ahead of Landry right now. Uh, and I, you know, I, I've still got a thing for Keenan Allen. I am probably one of the, you know, the dumbest people when it comes to pursuing injury risk. So, you know, I still, I'm, I'm still on his train. I've been scooping him up everywhere. Um, so I'd have a hard time putting him in front of those guys, but. I don't know. It seems like maybe there should be some other people. Who are, who are just the guys just ahead of the guys you listed? Uh, let's see. He Again, he's 23. Let me pull up the data here. Um, While he's looking, would you guys give up, you know, would you rather have Devontae Adams over any receiver coming out of school this year? 
I think I would from what I know. <laughs> That's close for me. Probably yeah, so. Okay. I mean, yeah. you know, we're talking Mike Williams and Juju Smith and Corey Davis. Are those guys going to come into the league and on NFL draft day, you're ranking them as top 15 wide receivers? Eh, probably not. Probably uh, not. I, I yeah. think I learned my lesson with Treadwell on that. Uh, little, I was a little too aggressive with, with his ranking. Uh, so again, Adams is wide receiver 23. Right above him, I think this is a slam dunk. Kelvin Benjamin, right above him in our current oh. ADP. Devontae Parker is next. Jarvis Landry, Demarius Thomas, Corey Coleman. So I think those are uh, five guys. If we're just strictly talking ADP, I think he could pretty easily move ahead of those guys. That gets him to wide receiver 18. I'd rather have him than those guys right now. Right. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. So, um, especially Benjamin, that really. next tier is Stefan Diggs, Dante Moncrief, Michael Thomas and Keenan Allen. So those, those are getting to the ones where it's more of a discussion. So it's, I'd rather like, have him over Moncrief too. So, I mean, I think I've sure. got him what, I guess that's 17 right now. Okay. What about Diggs? Yes. I'd rather have Adams. Uh, okay. What about Michael yeah. Thomas? That's a discussion. Okay, Probably so Adams. So we're thinking maybe a ceiling is that 15 to 20 yeah. range. Okay. The next guy is an interesting one. Most of these players we're going to talk about are young. They're rookies. They're in their second or third year. Um, but the next guy is 27 years old. He's currently the wide receiver 18. He is the wide receiver 25 in our current ADP. It's Terrell Pryor, of course. Uh, and again, we, we all know his story, quarterback turned wide receiver. Um, there was a, a lot of people who were believers in him. I don't, I don't know if anybody expected to see what we have seen this year. Matt, I remember, I can't remember who our guest was, but I remember having the conversation in preseason that, and saying on here that I liked Pryor's talent, but he was behind. Josh Gordon, that was before the Gordon suspension. He, he was behind Josh Gordon and Corey Coleman and Gary Barnage. And, you know, I was naming all these names, Duke Johnson, yeah. <laughs> uh, even for targets. And so my argument was, I like the talent. I just don't see an opportunity. And, you know, one by one, those those players, um, you know, got knocked out of the way and, and Pryor ascended to the top of that depth chart. He is an unrestricted free agent after the season, which I think adds, you know, a whole new wrinkle to assessing his value. Brian, what are your thoughts on Pryor in general? I mean, so I'm, I'm off Pryor at this price. I think I, I, we talked about this on Twitter. I'd much rather pass on him and take Kenny Britt, who's having a very similar season, one year older, who, you know, has, you know, who everybody has been excited about at one point in the past, and he's going five rounds later, four rounds later in ADP. Um, so, you know, prior is exciting. They're both unrestricted free agents and both coming out of pretty awful situations. Um, so yeah, I, am I'm, I'm off prior at this price. And, you know, when, Col when Coleman has been healthy, I think prior still out targeting him, but it hasn't been as wide of a margin as people might think. Yeah. I think that's a good point on, on Brit and, you know, maybe because we've seen it before with him um, it's not necessarily a breakout season, or maybe it's because the Rams and we just want to bash everything that they've done. Uh, <laughs> but I mentioned Pryor was wide receiver 18. Wide receiver 17 is Britt. So Britt is actually outscoring him by just fractions of a point. But like I said, I think that's a good point that uh, Britt's, you know, the arbitrage there uh, to, to Pryor at that much more expensive price. 
Uh, Matt, what do you think about Terrell Pryor? That's a pretty good comparison, you know, I mean, to throw those two names out there because both are free agents. You know, Britt came into the league abnormally young, too, you know, so he's not as old a man as some people might think. Um, Pryor hasn't been doing it that long. You would think he could evolve as a player. They're both good players, and but they're not – I mean, I don't think the Browns or the Rams are going to franchise these two. So that means they actually have to sign back with this terrible team in order to go back. You know what I mean? Like, it takes two to tango. They they both could possibly leave. You know, that I'm sure the Rams would love to keep Britt. I'm sure the Browns would love to keep Pryor. You know they're very high on both of them. Young quarterback needs somebody to throw to in both places. But – do they really want to return to those two terrible situations? And if they go somewhere else, it's probably in an upward move for us. Yeah, I don't – I mean, I don't get a sense that the Rams would franchise Britt. But I could certainly see the Browns doing that with Pryor. I've heard many comments and conversations that that they really view Pryor as their franchise. You know, they were fairly early in the season. There were trade trade rumors and – the quote that out of Cleveland was that Pryor was the only untouchable player, including Corey Coleman. So, uh, you know, does, is that still how they feel? Uh, who knows? But I wouldn't be surprised if they did actually put the franchise tag on him. I remember all that, and I agree with everything you said, but one thing has changed since then is trading for Jamie Collins, who's going to be a free agent also. So I can't see giving up a third-round pick to rent Jamie Collins in a winless season if you're just going to let him walk away. So – that would be one sticking point, one other guy that could snag that franchise tag away from Pryor. Yeah, that's a good thought. And, and of course, you know, Pryor played at Ohio State. Maybe, you know, maybe there's some type of hometown discount there and, and he just really wants to stay in Cleveland and, and build that up. Who knows? He's a Pittsburgh guy. He grew up right down the street. Well, not right down the street, but very close to here. Our next guy is Jamison Crowder, uh, Washington Redskin. He is the wide receiver 20 right now in uh, fantasy scoring. Uh, the wide receiver 30 in our ADP, an overall ADP of 43. Um, this guy, Ryan, I assume that's PPR, right? That's PPR, yes. Okay, I mean, yes. it's important for him. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's a guy that continues to, I think, be undervalued uh, and, and just continues to put up points as well. Brian, what are, you, what are your thoughts on Jamison Crowder? Yeah, so, I mean, he's a guy that he's going to have – it looks like tons of opportunity open up. Uh, Deshaun Jackson looks like he's going to be gone. You know, I think Garcon is an impending free agent. So they, you know, that's a wide open situation. He's been performing well. He's, you know, at times he's looked like the number one receiver on that offense, uh, depending on Jordan Reed's health. So it seems like he's a a solid investment and uh, he's going to come at a, a fairly cheap price just because he's not that prototypical wide receiver one that everybody's looking for. Yeah, he seems like a guy you could buy for a high second rounder still and get, get that instant production. Matt, we haven't talked talked too much about Crowder. What do you think about him? Yeah, I like the player a lot. And it seems the more comfortable he's gotten in this league, they're throwing deep to him sometimes too. He's not just Wes Welker underneath, you know, slot crazy, slot machine. Uh, they'll actually take some shots to him off and off play action. That's a foundation of their offense. That offense could change. I mean, I don't think any of us think Cousins will leave despite what his contract status implies. I mean, I think he's going to be a Redskin next year. But like you guys mentioned, I mean, Garcon's up. Jackson's up. They drafted Doxon in the first round for that reason. But what's he going to be like next year? I mean, I can't see him 
coming in and being the immediate number one there. Vernon Davis is an old man. Jordan Reed's had a lot of injuries. I mean, the cliff could be coming for him. So it, it wouldn't shock me if 365 days from now, we're talking about how Crowder's the, the guy that Cousins trusts most. So you like him at that at that wide receiver 30 price? Um, I like him for an early second-round pick that you mentioned, early mid-second rounder. Overall ADP is 43, so we're talking uh, – Like who's around there? Because I don't know if he'll ever be a huge touchdown guy. Well, he's he's right below Sterling Shepard. He's right above Will Fuller, uh, right above Josh Dotson. He's so really mixed in with some of these rookie wide receivers. He's above Laquan Treadwell. I don't know if I would sell Treadwell for him. I still have a little bit of hope there. He's only one year older than those guys, but he's so much more of a known commodity than all of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, in that, you know, 43 puts him in the uh, in the fourth round. Are you comfortable with him? If you're starting a new team, are you comfortable with him as your your fourth best player, we could say? I'd rather have Jordan Howard or Ajayi. You know, weren't they going in that same neighborhood too? And, a little bit you higher, know, but yeah. Yeah, and you know, like you, you know, we, we value receivers more than anything. Um, but I think that's fair. I don't think he'd be a target of mine. But I would give up a mid-second rounder for him right to second. Okay. The next guy we're going to talk about is going uh, over a full round below Crowder. And I think, I think I'd rather have this guy even up. He's the wide receiver 21 in scoring, wide receiver 34 in our ADP. It's Tyrell Williams, uh, San Diego Chargers, second-year guy. Didn't, didn't really do anything last year as a rookie. Didn't get much of a chance. But he's truly broken out this year and, and not many people saw that coming uh, of course part of that has to do with injuries to Keenan Allen Danny Woodhead and, and they've dealt with so many injuries but um, he has made the most of his chance he he's bypassed uh, Travis Benjamin as as the top option there and even bypassed Antonio Gates uh, he's basically the man in San Diego I wonder when Allen is back next year what is that going to look like Brian what do you think about Tyrell Williams. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with him at that price. I don't I don't have him over Allen, you know, I think on an NFL or a fantasy football, but you know, Woodhead's targets probably aren't coming back. Antonio Gates' targets are probably leaving. So there's there's plenty of opportunity there and I like him as a strong wide receiver too with uh with Rivers. I'm I'm buying him. Yeah, he's another guy we were talking about Adams potentially really moving up the ADP charts. Williams is another guy I could see, you know, just really making big moves. He's, like I said, wide receiver 34. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he jumps 10 or 12 spots by, uh, you know, by the middle of the offseason. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, he's a very different type of receiver than Keenan Allen, too. I mean, Allen's going to get the most targets. He's going to be the go-to guy where you would think Williams will be the deep threat, the the home run guy. Uh, good point that Gates is probably gone. Woodhead's probably gone. Uh, Gordon's evolved a little bit as a receiver. I think Henry has a bright future. The guy that everyone's forgotten about, and it's not like he's great, but they still have Stevie Johnson too. I mean, he's, he was lost so early, you forget he's even alive anymore. Um, would they draft a receiver high? I don't know. Probably not. I mean, I, I don't think they have a wealth of needs. I think offensive line and safety is probably where they'd be looking to go with their high picks. So, yeah, I, I think he's probably a very good value to try to acquire ASAP. 
he, you know, he, he is, he kind of fits that Malcolm Floyd role that they haven't yeah. had for a while. Um, but just a little bit younger and, and more athletic probably. Yeah. Well, even, even when they had Floyd, they didn't really have that Floyd role because yeah, not he, was, very often. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was slowing down, you know, as, as his career wrapped up. The last wide receiver we want to hit on, um, I have to say, I was I was surprised he was inside the top 30 in wide receiver scoring. It's Tyreek Hill. Uh, of course, he's he's really broken out this last month or so. Jeremy Macklin uh, has been out. Hill has kind of stepped up and, and made a ton of plays for the, the Chiefs. Even with Macklin back last week, Hill kept it up and, and scored a couple more touchdowns. His ADP is 79 overall. That's wide receiver 43. Uh, I've seen some some comparisons there to Corderell Patterson and that's, you know, there's, there's some concerns there. Matt, what are your thoughts on Tyreek Hill? I think it's safe to say though, that he's going to get carries consistently, you know, unlike most receivers. And, you know, if you get 30 yards rushing on average per game and two touchdowns a year as a rusher, I mean, that makes your floor pretty high. You know, even if he doesn't have a big day receiving, uh, certainly worth more in leagues where you get points for, you know, special teams, touchdowns. He might be the fastest guy in the league with pads on. And, but I'm, I'm generally, I'm a little nervous about those space players, gimmicky players there. It's a hard role in this league. It's not like college. I mean, it's hard to get those guys in space as much as he has been this short stint. And I also, I don't know what your ADP is on him, but I bet you can't get him for that right this second, whatever it is. I mean, I bet he's hot. Right, right. That's, you know, that's that's one of the tough things with ADP. We start these drafts the first day of each month. So mm-hmm. since those drafts started, Hill has had uh, two pretty good games. So yeah, One his, on national TV and everyone saw and, you know. Right. His, his value has already gone up um, probably quite a bit from from what our data shows. Brian, what are your thoughts on Hill? Do you see any any Patterson type danger with him as as far as we see these big plays we value him maybe overvalue him and then and then we get bitten what do you think yeah well so I don't think it's going to be Patterson level I think there's just so much going on with Patterson and and Patterson's actually having you know he's not having a breakout season but he's having a respectable season once again you know it's just tough it's he'll so so much fun to watch uh, which, you know, makes him more exciting to own even when he's scoring, the, you know, less, you know, fewer points than Jamison Crowder. Uh, so he's not a guy I'm going to try to trade for. And we don't know what they would do. You know, we haven't had a healthy Malcolm Floyd with Hill's production. Uh, so, you know, if they do anything in the offseason, getting a more prototypical wide receiver one than what happens there. And, you know, I think you guys had Josh Hermsmeyer on. Uh, fairly recently talking about air yards. And I was a little surprised to see that Hills actually got pretty decent air yards. I was expecting him to be in the Jarvis Landry level. He's a little bit higher than that, but I think it might just be a couple, you know, uh, very deep targets that are skewing things because he doesn't really have very many targets. But his, you know, so he's, they have been using him a little bit deep, but I don't think they've still been using him on, you know, the, the true wide receiver one stuff. They're manufacturing touches for him for the most part. And then I think throwing a couple deep shots to him. Let's let's go down a different road for a second with Hill. You know, if you know much about him, you know he has had some some troubles in his past, but brought on mostly by himself. Uh, he's been he attended at least two or maybe even three schools. He left Oklahoma State uh, 
after after an issue. And I, I don't want to tell too much of the story because I don't know it well, but he had a domestic issue with his pregnant girlfriend. I don't think he was on a lot of teams draft boards. I mean, like he pretty much admitted to like it wasn't, you know, I mean, he did something wrong. Right. So, you know, if you're watching this game the other night, it was it was one of these island games, you know, these the only game on at the time. Everybody on, on Twitter, everybody that's watching the game is watching that game and talking about it. And Hill scores two touchdowns, one of them a long one. And there were two different reactions to that. Like the first is, look how fast this guy is. This guy's great. I want this guy on all my teams. The other reaction is, but what about him as, you know, as a person? What about this issue that he has in his past so just strictly as a as a dynasty owner as a fantasy owner do you take those things into account are you are you taking the stand that this guy's a, a terrible person he beat up his girlfriend no matter how fast he is no matter how good he is i don't want any part of him or do you let the teams make those decisions and and you just you know you just play the game with who's on the field brian what are your thoughts on that my thoughts are, you know, I don't worry about that too much only because I don't root for, you know, I have whatever, nine dynasty teams. So I don't find myself on Sunday really rooting for my dynasty players unless it's, you know, a couple guys that I actually really like as players and I happen to have a lot of. Otherwise, you know, if I, if I had one or two dynasty teams and I was really pulling for my guys on Sunday, I'd have a hard time really pulling for Tyreek Hill, just the same as I'd have a really hard time pulling for Adrian Peterson. So if, you know, if that were the situation, I would be, you know, much, much, much less likely to have a guy like him. But as it is, I just, you know, I barely even think about the players, you know, who, who I have on Sunday. So I'm not rooting for him. It, it doesn't bother me too much. Matt, what about you? Uh, obviously, you come from a different perspective as a former scout in, in your time with some college and pro teams. How much does this stuff factor in? To, to those evaluations? Well, those evaluations are absolutely huge. And I would struggle to have him on my college team, my NFL team, vouch for him as a scout, you know, saying that, you know, that he'll be okay or whatever. And obviously they know much more about his background, exactly what happened. I told the story before, like when I was with the Browns, we had a secret service agent on board that was doing background checks. And I mean, it's no joke. My dynasty team, I don't care if he murders grandmas in the offseason. <laughs> you know, I don't care one bit because it's not real. Um, I'm trying to score points. I'm trying to win money. I really don't care what he does off the field or what kind of human being he is. I know that sounds awful, and I don't have any problem with anyone that wouldn't that, that thinks the other way. But fantasy's not real. I mean, it's just a name on a sheet of paper. I don't care what kind of person he is. The only consideration is – Josh Gordon, Martavis Bryant. I mean, is this guy going to get suspended? Is he going to do something stupid again, and then I can't start him on Sunday? I know it sounds callous, but that's how I feel about it. That's what I was going to ask about from the scouting perspective. You said a lot of teams probably had him off the draft board. You said, you know, you you wouldn't have him on your team. Is that because, you know, he's done this once, he might do it again? Or is it because he's done this once and we don't want that type of guy in our in our locker room? Well, or both. Obviously, it's team to team, owner to owner, and I. That's hard for me to say because I don't know exactly what he did. I mean, I, I pretty much know what you just said, but I also do know for a fact that there was many people just took that sticker off their board and were not going to ever put it up. He was not going to be part of their team, and that probably comes from ownership. 
But, you know, I also very much believe that people deserve a second chance. And it would have to be a individual basis. I mean, like Tyron Matthew. I mean, if you sit down with him before the draft and all these people that know him extremely well and have played with him and grew up with him and they're all telling you he is a good person, he made a mistake, then it's a different situation than, boy, this Aaron Hernandez, you know, or, you know, somebody that's not a good person, you know. So I'm not avoiding your question, but it would have to – I would have to know more in terms of, you know, was he, is this somebody we do not want our other players around? Or is this somebody that my owner does not want wearing our colors and representing our team? Or I don't want my six-year-old son walking around with a Chiefs Hill jersey. Right. From everything I've seen, um, and this is obviously not to defend whatever happened, but from everything I've seen, it was, it was a one-time event. You know, this is not a, repeat offender type situation. Um, and that, again, that doesn't make it any better at all, but you know, maybe there, maybe that at least gives some hope that going forward this, you know, he can turn his life around, get past that hopefully and and carry on. So I don't know. He might be a great guy. I I mean, we don't know that for sure. All right. The last, uh, last player. I want to throw one thing in here before I apologize to interrupt and throw a curveball at you, but while we're doing receivers, these are all breakout guys. But kind of the opposite. What's your take now on Michael Floyd? You know, he just got signed by the Patriots like an hour ago. He got released after a DUI. Apparently he had, um, you know, remember when he was drafted, there was alcohol issues surrounding him. And I don't know those details either. And I wonder if that's a recurring thing. Is that why he's been inconsistent or has nothing to do with it? Or, you know, he has not been good this year. You can't count on him. Is he the ultimate buy low? You know, he's a free agent after this year. It's intriguing that he goes to New England. You know, maybe he lights it up and they win the Super Bowl and everybody loves Floyd again and his you know, stock skyrockets. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he did have uh, – I think he had a DUI in college as well. I think so, um, yeah. I mean, I mentioned this on Twitter. I would – with every every time somebody's a free agent, New England is the best, the best case scenario for them, um, you know, because they have turned some – guy's career around even you know Corey Dillon went there and and had a couple of huge seasons Randy Moss of course after his time in Oakland we saw him go to New England and and set some records Uh, and and now we just think that's going to happen with everybody (laughs) but it doesn't you know most of those guys are Chad Johnson's and uh it it just never happens of course Floyd isn't at that point of his career He's, he's still relatively young He's a guy I would be selling. You know, if, if anybody's buying the New England hype, I'm I'm selling uh, two second rounders. Somebody mentioned that on Twitter. That would probably get it done for me. I, I'd gladly sell him right now for a couple of second round, uh, you know, lottery tickets. How about for a late second? Mid to late second. I mean, two point oh seven. I'd probably keep him at that point. Okay. I mean, yeah. I think I think two seconds is an easy dump. Yeah, Brian. What do you think? Yeah, I think, well, the, the hard thing about Floyd is the people who like Floyd have Floyd, and I don't think they're selling him. They're not trading him away right now. Um, you know, I mean, Brandon LaFell, I think, was a wide receiver, too, in that offense, right? It's it's hard to discount that, but, it, you know, as a not that much of a football guy, it seems like it is a different set of qualities that makes someone successful in New England than makes them successful in a lot of other places. And, you know, we just have no idea whether Floyd has that 
So, you know, you know, two mid seconds. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm trading him for that, but it would, it would take every bit of that for me to deal him away. And I, I don't have him anywhere and I won't be going out to try to acquire him now because I think it's just crazy. Well, not to mention, I mean, most trade deadlines have passed, you know, he was picked up off waivers. So he still is a free agent at the end of the year. I mean, it doesn't mean he's going to return to new England. He may have a great stint here and they work something out before he hits free agency. I guess that's possible, but, um, you know, the, the timing isn't great for fantasy reasons. You know, yeah. So, I mean, so if you think about, you know, the, the, at least the, the, the conventional wisdom on New England is it takes some time to pick up the offense. You can't just step in. You know, maybe they're just using this as an extended tryout, and which could be great for fantasy owners because he's not going to do much in the next few weeks. The fantasy postseason ends. The trade deadline's lifted. Maybe that's when you go try to buy him for one late second after he hasn't done anything in New England before they re-sign him if they're going to. Well, and it's you know it's many people have, have pointed this out. It's a smart move for the Patriots that you know just in that they get the compensatory pick if they do let him go um, because he's you know he's he's had some success in the league. He's a young wide receiver. He's going to get a pretty nice contract from somebody. Um, you know, whether it might only really be a one-year deal, but you're right. You know, somebody said the, the bears would take them. Right. So, so the Patriots basically get a free, you know, fifth round pick probably or something like that. All right. The last player we want to talk about tonight is Cameron Braid. Of course, he's tied in for the Buccaneers. Uh, that job really opened up once, uh, ASJ Austin Safarian Jenkins had his own trouble with the law. I believe he also had a DUI. Bright is the tight end seven overall this season, has really come on lately. And our ADP is the tight end 16. So he seems to be screaming value if you believe in him at all. Uh, he's also a free agent at the end of the season, but he's a restricted free agent. So a chance for Tampa to match unless he gets uh, some type of crazy contract that I don't think anybody really expects. I guess the question is, do you trust Bright as your fantasy starter on a weekly basis? heading heading into 2017 yeah you know what I probably do I don't think he's going anywhere I mean all the offseason buzz was Jameis really likes Cameron Brait and it was kind of a joke I, I you know I wrote something on Rotoviz about Cameron Brait back in May or June or before anybody was talking about it and I was like oh great you know prepping for the show I thought oh, I can get to talk about that and my you know the entire post was you know Cameron Brait this is just coach speak nothing's going to happen here nothing to see here Austin Sperry and Jenkins but it was, you know, the coach speak was right. They really love him there. So I think he's going to stick around. And, yeah, low-end tight end one that you can get for pennies right now, probably a late third. Um, I think it's probably worth the investment. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it even cost a second to get him, especially if he's on a roster where, you know, maybe the, the other owner has a, a Greg Olson or Tyler Eifert. You know, if, if he's on a team, he's probably not the starter on that team. Uh, just because he wasn't being looked at as a starter heading into the season. Matt, do you like Braid at all? Yeah, especially the cost. You know, that, uh, I mean, I bet a lot of people listening didn't know who Cameron Braid was before the season. You know, they never heard of him. Nobody ever saw him in college. Wasn't a high draft pick. But he's a lot better athlete than, you know, those things would indicate. You know, if he had been a first-round pick out of Florida State, we'd all be like, wow, you know, he, he's not, yeah, this is what we expect him to be. But, now he's the quote overachiever, but he's a pretty darn good athlete. And I think if you're the Bucks, I would be much more concerned with 
finding receivers opposite Evans as opposed to replacing Brait. You know, so uh, to me, or our linemen in, in general. So I don't think tight end is going to be high on their wish list. I think he's going to get a lot of targets from a good young quarterback. They're developing together, has trust of Winston. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's a great target right now. All right. I, I definitely agree. Um, and again, if he's, if he's coming cheaper than cheaper than a second, you'd have to be all over that and, and just feel good about your tight end position for next season. Well, that will do it for tonight. Uh, Brian, we want to thank you again for joining us. And uh, before we wrap it up, just tell our listeners where they can find your work. Hey, thanks guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, Dynasty League Football, Rotoviz, and 2QBs.com is the other place where I've been writing something, uh, at least during the season. So you can find a lot of quarterback talk there. What's the, uh, the Twitter handle for everyone? Oh, yeah, at Brian Malone FF. All right. Well, thank you, Brian, again. And we'll be back next week with more Dynasty Blueprint. 